This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Man, the name says it all. If you're rocking with us, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, just visit youtube.com slash allthingscovered. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can get alerted of all our very great content right away. Let's get to our guest, Willie Sneed the fourth. You guys know what time it is. You just heard the intro. Now it's time to get to our guest, man. An awesome guest on this episode of All Things Covered, Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden. Man, you guys know we love showing love to people who come from where we come from, who've been around where we've been around, and just rocking in the South. South Florida, 954 Stand Up, Palm Beach County Stand Up, Dade County Stand Up. We love showing love to people who from the state of Florida in particular, or who lived in the state of Florida. You guys heard the intro. Man, Willie Sneed is now joining us. Let me give you a breakdown on Mr. Sneed. Man, Willie Sneed the fourth is now joining us. He's a Florida native, no question. Played collegially at Ball State. He's played in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints, the Baltimore Ravens, and now extremely hot team in the National Football League. They're 3-0 out there in Vegas, Las Vegas, the Raiders, man. 3-0, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, clearly in the AFC, doing big things. You can find him on Twitter at Willie underscore Sneed four. G and on Instagram at need need to oh help me out Willie need IV need IV Sneed underscore 83 on Instagram also you, you know when you talk about Willie Sneed you know Willie Sneed is a guy who be doing damage in the slot catching touchdowns in the red zone man a guy who's at has exceeded the expectations but he just saying football player ladies and gents man this man is doing big things man uh some great things with Palm Beach Christian prep we will get to that in the show. But Willie, man, thank you for joining us. All Things Covered, Pat Peterson. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. It's an honor. Yep. That must be opportunity. Who who, 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 who calling? Opportunity calling? That Pat P? Opportunity calling Pat P. That must be a pick. You're going to get a pick against the Browns. <laughs> hey, but Willie, man, thank you for joining us, man. Um, let's let's start from the beginning. You know what I mean? People who know your story know exactly, you know, how, how it surfaced to where you are now as a professional on and off the football field. Uh, but we like to intro your beginning to people who might not know a lot about you. Uh, so you played one year of high school football at Glade Central in Palm Beach, the Raiders, mm -hmm. Glade Central Raiders. We had Fred Taylor who went to Glade Central on the show some months ago. Uh, but you then moved to Michigan for your last three years when your dad got a coaching job there. Your dad also coached in Broward County. We talked about coaching uh, our family member, Walter McFadden. You talked about watching Pat P and Walter uh, play there in Pompano. But how did growing up in Florida, especially around a football father, help your game when you went up north to Michigan? Yeah, it was it was amazing, man. I just I was fell in love with South Florida. My family is all from Belgrade on my dad's side. And, uh, you know, when I was playing football in Florida, you know, I just realized how competitive it was. You mm -hmm. know, the best is going to rise to the top. And, you know, I just always wanted to be a part of that better group. 
you know, that best group, you know. So playing down in Florida for those three, four years before I got to Glade Central, you know, it was real competitive. They threw me in the fire, the Pompano Cowboys, you know, Coach oh, Pino and them. The Cowboys. Yeah, they, read, okay. they made a real football player out of me over there. And uh, ever since then, when I went up to Michigan, I mean, it was just a totally different, you know, league and environment. So, you know, I just – I did my thing, man. We won a state championship my first year out there. And then uh, my last two years, I played quarterback. And uh, I did spectacular, man. I just – I really wanted to go to Ball State to play receiver. Uh, I come from a football family. My pops was a receiver. My uncle, he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I kind of just wanted to follow in those footsteps as a receiver and then uh, versus playing QB. Nope. Okay. And I remember this is the, the first one of the – Funniest moments I remember about old Willie Sneed here. Um, the joke was because he was, I think at the time, what you how old were you at that time? Maybe 12-ish, right? Yeah, I was like 11, 12, something like that. But this dude was wearing a size like 12 shoe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, a cute foot. Like it's like, dog, how you how's your shoe size? Bigger than you, you know, older than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I swear. That was always a joke when uh, when Willie came around like after practice and we saw him um, you know, coming from little league practice and this, that, and the other. But I was gonna ask you, um, obviously we know we know many players don't get drafted out of out of uh, ball state. You know, why what what came to the decision for you to skip out on your your senior year and go pros? Yeah, at the beginning of my junior year, you know, I just kind of write goals for myself, you know, before the season started and accomplishments I want to set. And I knew my junior year was going to be huge. And, uh, you know, I just put these goals down on paper. And I was like, if I hit all these goals, you know, I'm going to forego my senior year. You know, it's something I really wanted to accomplish and something. It's a promise I made to myself. And, uh, you know, when the end of the year came, you know, I just looked back on my goals and everything. I accomplished everything. And on top of that, I had a, a newborn baby girl on the way. So that kind of influenced me to, you know, take that step and start my career in, in football and a lot of a lot of scouts told me I had a really good chance you know if I, I got a good agent out and I had a good 40 time and everything and uh you know it's just something I, I really aspired to do was you know play at the pro level and I just felt like at that time it was the best decision for me and uh you know I just made the most of my opportunities when I went in the game I found out about the business part you know mm -hmm. and uh it's made me a better man for sure yeah, so you weren't drafted you spent 2014 on three different practice squads but what was the feeling like for you when you had your breakthrough moment and played in your first NFL game in 2015 against the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, Pat P was on that team. What was that feeling like? Oh, it was surreal, man, to be a part of, you know, my first official NFL game. And that lined up across me was, you know, the great Pat Patrick Peterson, man, and the Honey Badger was over there. And uh, I think I ran a double move my first catch. I ran a double move on the inside route. Mm -hmm. I caught it. I went up the sideline for like 69 yards. If I had, man, if I had some real speed, I would have kicked into the end zone, man. But <laughs> the, feeling, the, <laughs> the feeling was surreal, though, man, just being live like that. You know, it was, it was definitely one of those memories you never forget. Yeah, dope. So I know this is definitely a memory, memory that you would never forget. What was the, like, how was it being around Sean Payton and Drew Brees? Like, what was the crash course football knowledge that that you was receiving on a daily basis being around two NFL greats? Yeah, I feel like I really learned a lot about my position. Um, I was never really a slot receiver coming in. You know, just being able to learn how to read defenses and, and look at schemes differently from the college level. You know, my first year with the practice squads, I never really got to a Noah scheme in that league, you know, I was bouncing around too much, but when I actually mm -hmm. got to be there for a season, you know, I really got to see the intellect 
you know, of Drew and his competitive nature, you know, his day-to-day grind, you know, week to week, year to year, you know, you just got to really respect it from uh, being up close. And then Sean Payton, you know, he just, how he mastered his play calling, you know, the work he puts into like 2 a.m., putting in installs, you know, it's the commitment is there and you just, you appreciate it from a different level. And I was able to learn a lot and uh, it's traveled with me wherever I went. Yeah, we have to ask this because of course we have a lot of Viking viewers and listeners. <laughs> what was going through your head being on the opposite end of the Minneapolis miracle. Man, I knew that was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, we got, you know, we got a lot of Viking fans, man, but like, I I could imagine, I know I don't even want to imagine that, but man, what was going through your mind when that happened? Man, that game was so up and down, man. We was down 21 going in the half and then we came back, we surged back. You know, I made a huge fourth down play to kick the field going there. It's like 30 seconds left, man. It's mm-hmm. like, they ain't got no timeouts. And you just sitting on the bench in that moment, you just like, man, there's too much time. <laughs> there's too much time. And then the next thing you know, he throws it up to Stefan Diggs. One of our guys misses, another one goes down. And the next thing you know, he's up the sideline. Yeah, that place was going crazy. You know, in the moment, it didn't feel real. Uh-huh. In the locker room afterwards, it was... It was too. It was too silent, man. It was. It was something that we really wasn't expecting. It was just like one of those things, man. In the NFL, anything can happen. Yeah. Any given Sunday. So, it was just one of those things, man. It's something. It's something you never forget again. Yeah, but <laughs> those, those games are the ones that you are especially, especially been on the opposite end of this. Oh game. man, I can imagine that. It's the. It, I I get sick when I think about it. I didn't even. Right. It was killer, man. Yeah, I'm like, either team. Too right, close. Bro. It was too close to the championship. It's like, man, yeah. right there. All that work, gone. Yeah, yeah. no, man. So you had the opportunity to play for some very, very competitive organization, Baltimore being another one. Um, had a lot of success with Joe Flacco doing his stint as a starting quarterback. But obviously mm-hmm. the team had just invested in, uh, in Lamar Jackson. When did you sense that Lamar will uh, soon be taking over that role? Uh, I mean, Joe went down, you know, sometime during the middle of the season against Pittsburgh, and they made that transition, and then Lamar just took off, man. Was you know, he was practice though. Like, like, did you guys see it? Like, did you guys sense it? Like, like, what was the vibe like? You know, seeing him go, being in practice, seeing him put the work in every day, though. I think everybody knew he was going to be special, Pat. I mean, just watching his day to day, you know, practices, you know, even in the preseason, some of the things he was doing, it was just like when the moment happens. You know, it's going to happen. And, you know, unfortunately, it happened when Drew Flacco got hurt. I mean, when he took off, man, it's just like he didn't look back. You know, the team knew the identity they wanted to go in. And uh, he kind of just fit the mold. And uh, he just, Lamar Jackson, man, he's special, dog. That's a special cat, man. He makes it happen. I mean, he was special when he was at Louisville. The things he was doing, it's just a matter of time, you know, when he got into the league. I never seen a runner run so it's just a smooth runner. It's like he's gliding. When everybody yeah. else is, you know, struggling to, to, to stay with him, it's like he just smooth, man. His transition from point A to point B, B yeah, is unbelievable. And how many years did you play with Lamar? Shoot, since his rookie year, so three years? Three years. Three years. What do you say to the naysayers that still give him flack about his accuracy or him not being a prototypical quarterback of them challenging, you know, his quarterback skills or being a pocket passer? Like, what do you say to, to those people? Uh, shoot, they ain't seen the best of Lamar yet. I mean, I got to watch this cat every day in practice. 
throw dimes all over what, the field. What, what's the freakish thing you ever seen him do in practice? Like, oh, shoot, that's like only one person can do that. You got any stories about Lamar in practice? Man, we played, we was practicing, we had a joint practice against the Eagles. And I think this was going into his MVP season. Mm-hmm. And he rolled out, he was backed up, he rolled out to the right and the linebacker was chasing him. Man, the way he stopped on a dime and just put that dead leg in the ground, fam, he got vertical so fast, bro, just slipped and it was over. I'm like, ain't nobody doing that, bro. Ain't nobody cutting like that. I think it's on tape somewhere. It's out there, bro, because it happened to one of our teammates, bro, because he just hit a dime and got vertical, shook another cat and got, got out of bounds, bro. I'm like, man, even with the Tennessee Titans, he had a long run. Uh, in the division around, he juke like three people, three, four, five people. And he's like untouched at half the time. You know what I'm saying? So my man's just be dancing out there. <laughs> yeah. And how fast you think Lamar? I know he never ran the 40 uh, at the combine. I don't think he ran the 40, but how fast you think he is? I clearly, I, I think he's at least four threes or something like that. How fast you think he is? Easily. He a legit four three, yeah. Legit four I mean, three. legit, yeah. Cause we, we would have them like, you know, off season workouts in April. Mm-hmm. April, May, and they was doing like 60-yard striders. When I got the lineup next to him, bro, he took off. We had the same <laughs> level for like 20 yards, and then he just took off on me, dog. And I'm like, man, that's – I know he ran it 4-3 because he, he jogging half the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he is. He is. It's like it's – like, it's a his running style is so annoying because you can't do that. Everybody yeah. else, you know, when we, we running, we <laughs> – mm-hmm. he just like – he just playing like around never, with everybody. It's like he never out of control. So I agree. Speak, you know what I'm saying? He he can accelerate and they can stop on a dime. And it's, yeah. That's only Lamar Jackson can do. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's go from, you know, Baltimore, Charm City to Sin City, right? Vejas. Number one, man. Y- y'all three and no, man. What's the mood like? Take take us to your current, you know, situation. What's the mood like in Las Vegas? You just basically <sighs> a new addition to the city and you're three and no. And anytime we go to Vegas, we go to have a good time. You guys are actually playing there, having a good time while they're having a good time. What is the mood like in Las Vegas right now? Because all I know is when I go to Vegas, it's party, party, gamble, gamble. Well, y'all got good football there as well, icing on top for the fans there and the residents there. But what's the mood? It's electric, man. I mean, the stadiums, every time we go in there, it's just on fire. I mean, these fans are crazy. And then we just playing good football, good complimentary football. Offensively, we staying on course, staying on task. And, and D.C., you know, he's trying to take He's taking this game to another level. You know, yes, all, the play, all the playmakers in our room, yeah. you know, uh, taking it to another level. And uh, we ain't even got Josh Jacobs out there right now. That's the scary thing. So, I mean, we just – defense is playing lights out. You know, it's, it's just – it's molding together. And we got a lot of young guys that are hungry. And then just, you know, I think this team was ready to explode before I even got here, man. I think they were just one or two players away, you know what I'm saying, a scheme away. And uh, we're just doing our thing right now. We're just trying to go one and no every week, stay mm-hmm. humble about it, you know what I'm saying, and just not get caught up in, you know, everything that's outside, you know, talking about what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, like you said, you guys got a lot of weapons on the outside. What type of, uh, what type of receiver um, can Henry Ruggs turn into? Man, that, that dude is explosive, man. That, that speed is just like, I've seen Cooks run, I've seen Marquise run, and then I've seen Henry Ruggs run. And that dude is different, man. I think just the way he explodes out his cuts. And, and he's got good hands. He's become a better route runner. He's put on more weight. I think he's just, he can be the all-around receiver if he wants to be. And I think he's starting to understand that. And uh, he's starting to take coaching real well. And uh, I think he's just coming to the, the athlete that the Raiders, you know, thought he 
will be, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he's just starting to live up to the what everybody's trying to say about him. And uh, he's doing his thing, man. I'm really proud of him. It's only the begin- beginning for Henry. Yeah. And also talking about another one of your playmakers, uh, Waller. Like, you know, Gruden just made headlines saying that he's the yeah. best offensive player that he's coached. What makes him such a beat? He moves like a receiver. He looks like Calvin Johnson out there running, dog. Like, he's just massive, you know, and, and he's he's one of the hardest workers in the building on top of it. You know, and that's right. a scary combination when you when you when you have so much talent and ability and you humble and you come to work every day to get better each and every day. And you're not always, you know, asking for the ball. You know, you you like to share, you like to see everybody eat, you know what I'm saying? He's the ultimate teammate and he's the ultimate playmaker. You know, when he's involved and he's hot. Man, they gonna let him. They yeah. gonna let him do his thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> get out of the way. Man, get out of the way. Tar- he gets his targets too. <laughs> he does. Boy, he gonna get his targets. <laughs> he gonna get it. He gonna get his targets. They deserve it so because he's that type of player. Man, what was the perception you had of Derek Carr before actually getting out there to see him in person? And quiet as kept, he's been putting up some MVP like numbers. For some reason, he's not really highly in that conversation but do you think he can have an mvp like year? so it's a two-part question what was your perception of Derek carr until you actually saw him in person as a player and do you think he could eventually emerge to be a valid mvp candidate yeah i mean i knew dc coming out of college we came out the same draft in 2014 and uh Mm -hmm. i had a lot of respect for him because him and Devontae was over there at fresno state killing it yeah you know and uh i think when i was with the saints i really got to see dc we played him uh my 2016 game one, Saints versus Raiders. It went all the way down to the wire, man. He looked like an MVP candidate. And that was the year he had Coop, Crabtree, mm-hmm. Seth Roberts before he got injured. But I think that's the same DC you see right now who has that hunger, that passion. I mean, he's a lot older now than he was in 2016, but I just think he's he's starting to reach his peak as a quarterback and an athlete. And I think he's ready to take that next step as a, you know, getting this team to the playoffs and making that strong push that everybody you know, believes that he can be, you know, and I think just watching him up close now just to see his, you know, attention to detail coming into work every day with a different mindset to get better each and every day. You just appreciate it. And you want to, you know, match that intensity. So and I think everybody in that building has that mindset. That's why we're so in sync right now and we're playing well together. Um, mm-hmm. It starts with D.C., man. It starts with D.C. It starts with Crosby. It starts with Ngakwe. You know, all those guys, man, they they step up and they lead our team right now. No question. I agree. And I think, you know, John Gruden and uh, D.C. is probably one of the, at least at this moment right now, a top five head coach and quarterback combination. They, they, yeah. they got something going on right now. Now, Mike Mayock did a great job of putting some great pieces around them, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, improve the defense, especially up front, get out to the quarterback. Um, and like you say, you don't even have uh, Jacobs uh, in the lineup yet, you know. And, and Gruden always yeah. had a great niche of, you know, of uh, calling the right plays at the right time. And he's been doing that thus far throughout this early part in the uh, in the season. So I continue to, you know, wish you guys nothing but uh, success. But enough about your football football life. Tell us a little bit about what's going on at Palm Beach Christian Prep. My real passion, man. Ooh, yeah, man. let's talk about it. So back in 2020, uh, me and my father, my father actually brought the idea to me. He wanted to uh, start a ministry because he came, became an ordained pastor uh, back in 2019. And uh, he wanted to open up a ministry, you know, just start small and then grow. We started with Bible studies. And uh, then he came up with the idea about starting a football team. 
you know, and it kind of married together with this, with, you know, starting a school and a ministry and being a Christian school. And we wanted to keep it all boys. You know, we wanted to keep it all boys, a small group of kids. I think we got like probably 50 to 100 kids right now enrolled. And actually the school is located in uh, Green Acres, Florida. It's kind of deep in Palm Beach, kind of like Lake Worth area. But we got a campus right now. We bought the bought the land. We just been having to jump through hoops, you know, to get everything, you know, legalized and making sure we're doing everything the right way. Um, but so far, man, God has been so good. You know, we just been really getting a lot of support from the community. Uh, we have 25 boys on the football team right now. They've just played their fourth game. Uh, they played Titusville up in Orlando, Ocala, mm-hmm. and they actually won their first game, 25 to 13, man. And these kids, Pat, I'm trying to tell you, man, they from where we from. Yeah. They special, man. They got a lot of talent. And I think that was the idea with me and my pops came into this was just to give these kids an opportunity to actually experience the college level, the sometimes the pro level, bringing in guys to be able to speak to these kids from a different perspective. And, right. you know, I just try to think when I was in high school, when I was in eighth grade, I never got to see NFL players come and, you know, inspire me, give me a couple words just to think about when I go home. Uh and I can only imagine what that could do for me. So it's like when I'm able to do for these kids and how appreciative they are and the connections I have to bring guys in to be able to talk to these kids, it changes their lives, man. And to see it up close and personal, you appreciate it. And uh, you just want to do more for these kids. And they've they've come a long way, man. It's been special. Do you uh, do you give any coaching tips uh, to the coaching <laughs> staff? You know what I mean? Do you kind of give your, your opinion about certain things that kind of help the boys out? It's funny, Brian. Um, Actually, this past spring, I'm a sports ad major and I'm uh, looking to finish my degree. I had to do an internship. Yeah. So I got introduced to eight man football and we just started the eight man football team to start the football program just to, you know, create some like recruits and, you know, talent from the area. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I tell you, man, I was the offensive coordinator. When I tell you that stuff is hard, man, you really got to <laughs> put a lot of time into this stuff because eight man football ain't regular, man. It's like there's no tackles. You get mm-hmm. one, you get two less skilled players and you're trying to scheme up. You know what I'm saying? We played yeah. like six, seven games. We made it to the playoffs, but I definitely got some input. You know, it was awesome to do. And that's why I said you appreciate it from up close because you can see these kids grow as football players. Right. You know what I'm saying? And in the talent and you're just like, man, you're so special. Why you be doing something stupid like that? You know what I'm saying? You get yeah. to tap in <laughs> with them differently, you know? So it's been fun, man. But yeah, I definitely got to do a little coaching. And uh, I'll tell you this, man. I know what I'm going to do after football, man. You coaching? Sure. Yeah, I, I want to start with the school, man. You know, whenever I decide I'm done, I just think that's an easy transition for me because it's, mm-hmm. it's literally right down the street from the house. You know, and my pops is so close to it. And it's, it's, it's something that's a part of me now. You know, it's, it's two years on me. And uh, yeah. I think once the campus is up and open, I just think I'm going to fall in love with it, man. I already fell in love with it, but I think, I'm going to fall in love into it, you know, even more once that happens. Yeah. Last question for you before we transition to the superlative part, uh, talking about Palm Beach Christian Prep, a school that Willie uh, helped create it. Uh, eventually he said he would like to be the coach there. Uh, what, what's the what's the 10, 15 year plan for uh, Palm Beach Christian Prep? Where do you see the program? Where do you see the school being at in 10 to 15 years? I'm hoping to see it just be like, you know, a real powerhouse in South Florida. You know, I think mm-hmm. right now with our football team, we only got 10th, 9th, and 8th graders. Our whole offensive line is 8th graders wow. right now. So y'all playing varsity a schedule? We're playing, schedule? we're playing varsity schedule right now. Mm. And if you can imagine that as an 8th grader, you know, playing yeah. varsity football, you know, it's, it's it's these kids are getting beat in right now. You know what I'm saying? They're getting battle tested. So I Especially think down when, there. 
especially down there. And I yeah. don't think 10 years, I think it's going to be a powerhouse, to be honest. Mm-hmm. In four years, I think it's going to be one of the top schools in South Florida. You know what I'm saying? And I think just because of what these kids are going through now, those 10th graders now, when they're seniors, they're going to be on a totally different level. They're going to see it totally different. Those eighth graders that are going to be 10th graders are going to be battle tested. They're not going to be built like no other 10th grader, ninth grader in Palm Beach County because of the schedule they plan. And we're hoping to get a full, you know, school open with like close to 100, 200 kids. You know, we really want to keep it small so we can focus on different, you know, kids and individual and their families and stuff because we really want to really touch every family a part of the school. You know, we're trying to change the community at the same time. And uh, we're looking to do different fundraisers and find different, you know, avenues of, you know, not income, but just resources so we can continue to grow the school and help these kids. Because at the end of the day, man, these families, you know, they need a lot of help. And, uh, you know, I've been blessed, you know, Pat's been blessed and we we try to give back, you know, in different ways. So, you know, one way we try to do is through the school ministry, trying to teach young men about God in the same time. And, uh, you know, we just praying for blessings and uh, just trying to keep it, keep it moving, man. That's big time. That's yeah, big man. time, man. And I'm glad you were able to uh, get that out because a lot of people might not be aware of what you're doing, especially folks in Florida. And the website for anyone who would love to get more information about Palm Beach Prep, Palm Beach Christian Prep, the website is www.pbcprep.com. Uh, clearly, they have more than enough information on there for you guys to see exactly what they're doing, the future plans you just heard from Willie himself about where he see this program being in the next four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, uh, right there in Palm beach county man so go ahead and look him up on the web uh quality sound information and hey in a few years he'd be coaching on the sideline as well so if you want your <laughs> child to be coached by nfl pro on and off the football field i mean palm beach christian prep is where you need to go now let's transition to the superlative part of the show we're gonna hit you with a few rapid fire questions we know you handle bump and run pretty well we know you handle off technique pretty well as well <laughs> so this should be easy for you bet first question i have for you best corner you matched up a up against in your career? The best corner? Yeah. Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. What makes Ram- Ramsey still special? Yeah. Hey, he just, uh, he a big body, big force, man. And he, he plays coverage very well. I mean, he's smart. You know, he plays his, plays his percentages, man. And he, I feel like he can stick anybody in the league. You know, he can run with anybody, big or small, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you gotta pay due respect. And when I lined up against him, man, it was, it was always a battle. So, you know, I give much respect to him and Pat, you know what I'm saying, early in my career. Mm-hmm. Pat Pete was that dude, you know what I'm saying? Still is that dude, you know what I'm saying? But early as of now, you know what I'm saying? Ramsey definitely is like top tier, one of the guys I played against. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, best slot receiver in the NFL. Right now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Shoot. Is Cooper Cup considered a slot? They use him like that. <laughs> that yeah. dude, they use that dude all over the place, man. I, I say Cooper Cup, but. Hunter Renfro, man, that dude is a crafty route runner in the slot. Yeah. I got to learn some stuff from Hunter, man. He's he's legit. I think he's quiet under the radar, you know what I'm saying? But he's definitely a crafty slot receiver. I like that. I like that pick. You know, Hunter is a guy who just plays football. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's not super fast, not super quick, but he get the job done. He plays mm-hmm. football. Last question for you, talking about your teammate, Hunter Renfro. You got a Monday night game against the Chargers. What will it take for you guys to remain undefeated? Is that game in Vegas or is it in SoFi? It's in SoFi. SoFi. Okay, got to go out to La La Land. But what will it take for you guys to remain undefeated against the Chargers on another primetime stage Monday night football? 
playing ready to football, man. Don't be nothing. I'm saying we go back in prime time, you know, mm-hmm. where I feel like we belong. You know what I'm saying? And we're just going to go out there and do our thing. We just play ready to football, you know, stay disciplined. Defense, keep playing great defense, you know what I'm saying? Offense, we got to move the chains, put in the end zone. And uh, it's got to come together. Keep coming together as a group. Keep growing. And uh, chips will fall where they, you know, need to be. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to continue to do what we do, man. Well, hey. We right there with you, man. We're rooting for you guys. Like I said, man, it, it's it, I got to keep it real. When the Raiders are relevant in the National Football League, it's always good for the NFL because of the tradition, because of the mm-hmm. prestige. So right now, you guys are kicking at an all-time high. And best of luck this upcoming Monday, man. Listeners and viewers, man, I guess Willie Sneed, man, Ball State alum, big-time <laughs> NFL vet with the Saints. The Ravens and now the Raiders, undefeated Raiders, got a big primetime game coming up against the Los Angeles Chargers. And also founder of Palm Beach Christian Prep, the future coach. He's not going to be the head coach to start off. He's probably going to be the wide receiver coach, maybe the OC. But the future <laughs> coach down there at Palm Beach Christian Prep, join us here. All things covered, Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. Man, it's always a ple- pleasure being able to talk to someone who from the South, also a guy who's doing big things, not just on the football field, but off the football field as well. So Sneed, man, and pleasure, man, is all ours for joining us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And best of luck this upcoming Monday night. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, man. Thank you for bringing me on your stage, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Willie Sneed the fourth, and thanks to everyone for listening and watching this episode of All Things Covered. We will be back again soon where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.